Spirit 88.9 FM, Catholic Radio for the Christian Community. I'm Bruce McGregor. She is... Chris McGregor. And on the phone with us today, we have Father Michael Scanlon, Chancellor of Franciscan University of Steubenville. In addition to his duties as University Chancellor, Father Scanlon is President of FIRE, a Catholic Alliance for Faith, Intercession, Repentance, and Evangelism, and a member of the board for the Christian Film and Television Commission, Campaign for America National Committee, the Advisory Board for the Institute on Religious Life, and uh, the Board of Directors of Renewal Ministries. Uh, Published numerous articles and religious periodicals over the years, including uh, 16 books and booklets. And uh, what we're going to be talking about with Father today is, uh, well, kind of a a reprise of a book that came out uh, originally in 1989, called The Truth About Trouble. Which I raced out and bought back in 1989. So I was very excited when it came out again. Yes, Father, uh, welcome to our program. Thank you. It's good to be here. Father, the truth about trouble, what I love about it is the subtitle, How Hard Times Can Draw You Closer to God. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly do if we respond to them rightly, yes. As you start out in the book, I think it's such an important one with Scripture, John 16, 33. In the world, you will have trouble. Throughout the rest of the book, you help us to understand that trouble isn't necessarily the worst thing that can happen to you. Oh, not only isn't it necessarily, but uh, it's definitely a pathway to purification and holiness. Mm. Well, your definition of trouble, uh, isn't necessarily that... uh, uh, a simple definition. You take it to mean a much deeper thing, don't you? Yeah, well, God uh, certainly permits trouble in our lives, and uh, our life is one to grow in holiness and live in union with God forever, and trouble frequently tells us where we are, who we are before God, What we're called to do, Uh, trouble causes us to reach deeper and deeper, more interiorly, to align with God and to stand with God on these things and to realize he never abandons us, no matter how difficult the circumstances. We need trouble in order to uh, focus our lives correctly and just as Job needed it to understand, he's not in control or just all comfort. And uh, when the hedge is down, God lets things that we wouldn't choose by ourselves come in on us, but he gives us the grace to handle them. It helps us turn towards him, doesn't it? Every time it's an invitation to turn towards him. We don't always... At times we try to blame, or we we get despondent, and we can turn in ourselves. But with each trouble, there's a clear, new and deeper invitation to turn to God. Trouble can be so many different things. Again, it can be whether something's happening with your children or broken relationships or even illness in our bodies. But you also talk about uh, the cancer of discontent and how that can be very poisonous. Oh, it is. You know, you just presume things. We presume that uh, 
that things have to go our way or we presume that we can handle all situations and then they, uh, something goes wrong and it doesn't fit and we get upset by it and we give in to discontent and we either blame God or circumstances or others and it just sours our system and uh, really uh, interferes, puts a block in our growth towards God and therefore also are receiving the peace that the world cannot give but comes from Jesus and the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that cancer can so undermine us that we're not receiving God's grace and blessings. How do we fight that cancer? Well, uh, the Holy Father, John Paul II, you know, talked about the threshold of hope, how hope is so important. Hope is the confident expectation of God's blessings. Confident expectation. Uh, the Pope says and the Catechism says that um, we expect God's blessings in all circumstances, regardless of their difficulty, regardless of how much purification we're going through, we hold on with that hope. Hope is usually symbolized by an anchor. We're anchored in the confident expectation of God's blessings as long as we follow him. And therefore, we say no to discontent. We even commanded to leave in the name of Jesus, when, particularly when Satan's using it to try and take away our hope and have us give up. You mentioned the peace that comes from Christ. It's a peace, you point out in the book, is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the relationship we have with Jesus Christ, which deepens while we are going through trouble. Absolutely. You know, and you've seen it. You've seen people in your lives some seem to unravel and come apart in trouble, and others just go deeper. They just rely more on prayer, more on perseverance, uh, uh, more on turning to God. Uh, confidence, the same trouble, can have two totally opposite effects in two people. One grabs onto that anchor, anchor of hope, the other let's go and let themselves sink into discontent or despair or discomplaining. Right, and, and really, uh, Father, Satan wants to take hold of us in these times when we're being tested or purified by troubles to come along to, uh, to really get us to lose hope, which we shouldn't do, correct? Absolutely. Uh, there is nothing. Satan's plan is always the same. Uh, it is always predictable that uh, get people in a circumstance where you can tempt them to give up on themselves, on God, and then you can then move them to give up on life and, if possible, move them to suicide or something similar so that uh, their initial loss of hope ends up in a rebellion against God. So, Father, we, we realize that trouble will always be with us just because it's the nature of 
what it is to experience life, but we can we can either have it help us get closer to Christ or it uh, can be a tool of the devil. And we have to really acknowledge that Satan exists. Very much so. Satan has a plan for our lives. He, he knows our weakest and most vulnerable points. He tries to prod those with trouble so that we may give up hope. And as long as we hope in God, the trouble itself will turn around to purify us, make us stronger, holier, closer to God, and of more use to others. In the truth about trouble, you do point that out, that as you, if you do embrace your troubles and you allow Christ to help you with it, you will, that spiritual growth, you will be challenged. Satan will try to tear you from that, won't he? Oh, yes. It's just, I, when I preach to the students here, I always call it Satan's email. (laughs) And they... He just send, sends the message into your head. You don't know where it came from, and you just have to delete it. Hit the delete button. And uh, this is the level of temptation that God allows Satan to do so that actually by responding in hope, we'll get more purified, we'll get stronger, we'll get holier. But... Uh, key is to hit the delete button and not let these these foreign messages that undermine our lives and our commitments stay with us. Just say no in the name of Jesus. Be gone and just put a message of hope uh, in its place. Speaking for probably many, as we look back over our shoulder, we see that God writes straight with crooked lines and Probably what uh, makes them most crooked in our life is is thrashing against some of the troubling situations that we find ourselves in. But we really can rely on him to get over this, can't we? Absolutely. I just recently did a retreat for about 30 people, good friends at the university, and I had them flash back in their lives to, to scenes which at the time seemed most troubling and then had them look at them from the perspective of 10, 20, 30 years later and see how God used them and what graces actually came from them. And they were amazed. I got all these written comments afterwards. Wow, I thought that was the end of things, or I thought that was terrible. Now I see that because I went through that, I was able to help others, or because I went through that, relationships did get solidly based, and they found all sorts of good that came out of what they first thought was trouble. You speak so well in the book, Father, and that's what makes it so beautiful to have your writings, of transforming a sense of grief to a, a sense of hopefulness and authentic gratitude having gratitude for the opportunity to, to be able to grow in this in this time of trouble. That's right. And you know, it, uh, uh, when I think back on my own life, whether I'm uh, in basic training in the Air Force or going through novitiate disciplines in religious life or being in jail for protesting abortion, uh, Various times which seemed like things were going 
going wrong, I can see the fruit that came from them. I, I can even recall that once I decided during those times to turn more deeply to God, I had a deeper peace and a greater strength. How can we how can we release that power, Father? I mean, what can we do? We need to turn to God and beg Him. We need the grace. We need to get over the idea we can handle everything or everything's all in place. But rather, uh, say like the uh, the gospel victims of disease, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Or, Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. These are the kind of expressions that we find right in the Gospel. Mm-hmm. At the Lord's healing power in great abundance and joy into people. It's that humble admission that we can't handle it. We have to depend more on God than we have before. Mm-hmm. and a, uh, to the best of our extent, trusting in God, though sometimes, as I said, you say, I believe, help my unbelief. Help. I'm trusting you, Lord, at the same time I'm scared. You know? Right. It's that humble, realistic position of asking God's blessing to do what we can. Part of that humility, as you write, is the importance of repentance. Oh, yes. Repentance opens the door. I mean, to God already knows who we are, and what we are, and our willingness to repent of our sin, our hard-heartedness, our pride, our presumption. Those things just oh, clear the landscape, so that the blessings of hope and the graces of of God's peace and joy can come to us. Mm. Uh, beautifully said. Mm-hmm. The book is yet another guide, one of the fruits of all your labors. One that, one particular labor that we're so thankful of is the work that you've done in Steubenville. Have affected the lives of so many of our young people who have gone out in the world. Well, I deeply appreciate that. I always have the one response that God is so merciful on the desperate who pray. Mm. That's how <laughs> he gave us blessing here. Matter of fact, when I retired as president after 26 years and became chancellor, I got a number of interviews from media. Where did I follow the plan, find the plan? Who did I follow? Was I mentored? All these things. And when I told them we just prayed, uh, they were a little disappointed. It wasn't Mm. a story. (laughs) But it is the biggest story, isn't it? Right. What counts. Are, how how are things now? Oh, bless you. Seven flourishing graduate programs. The theology is the largest, of course, but in business and education and philosophy and, uh, and counseling and various, and nursing itself. Um, but it is a time of blessing, which we're just thankful to God on. Our, uh, uh, we've got full enrollment every year and our standards are rising every year and we're expanding our facilities to take more students as we can. We're up around 2,400. And uh, 
wonderful faculty that have come here, many of whom could have gotten higher salaries elsewhere, but they either want to be here because they believe in the mission or frequently they want to be here so all their children can go to the university. Right. And, um, yeah, it's a time of blessing, and we've got 21 friars here, priests, Franciscans. Uh, we have three of ours are in our campus in Austria, and 18 here, and we just live in the midst of the students with spiritual fathers and teachers, and it's a joy to have that kind of family. Absolutely. Well, Father, you're uh, such a blessing yourself, and I'm sure uh, all the students there would uh, would agree with that statement. Um, I did want to ask you about, uh, obviously, with uh, the era of John Paul the Great, our, our, our late Holy Father, John Paul II, uh, now we're in uh, the, the next pontificate, which is uh, Benedict Sixteenth. Your uh, thoughts on our new Holy Father? I'm excited. I'm expecting. I, uh, back in 1986, I had little over 30 minutes alone with him to talk out things. Back then, we were having particular theology conferences here, and he asked me whether he could come to one of them. Wow. So I said we didn't, it didn't fit into his schedule, as the secretary admitted. But he's been very encouraging to us. He's called just before he was elected pope. He met with of our faculty, and he said, "Ah, oh, Franciscan University, Steubenville, a pillar of the church. Oh, wow. So he has given us great encouragement. What I'm excited about is that he's so insightful, knowledgeable, and courageous concerning all the elements who are outside the church, either because they want more tradition and, be, and they don't think that the Vatican II was valid or because they're, they were more theologically liberal and got into modes of rebellion. He just has so many contacts with them, such a way to reach out right within his own country, Germany. Through, He's been meeting with theologians that uh, have strayed from the church, and he has been meeting with groups that uh, want the more traditional worship, and he's showing them how they can fit in, how they can come in. He understands. He reaches out. Uh, it's a very exciting time, and in a very special way, an exciting time for Europe. I'm expecting the same kind of spiritual change in Europe as John Paul II was able to do in Poland. Mm. And when I say Europe, of course, I mean Germany mainly, but the surrounding countries to it. And uh, I just, everyone I've talked to who's been there just knows it was the grace of the Holy Spirit that once he gave that homily at the opening of the conclave, uh, people were just recognizing this is the man, this is the way we move forward, building on John Paul II. He's he's very inspiring in his writings. When you read his writings, you get a sense of uh, someone that the media has not portrayed accurately. Oh no! They uh, when he when the Ratzinger report first came out, I said, "That's it. There, I have the heart of Vatican II and how it fits in the Church." And, uh, of course, the media looking to characterize 
uh, just jumps on the idea that, well, his job was to point out an error and discipline, uh, wayward, wayward thinking in the church, but he's hardly a uh, this raunch, authoritative figure. Uh, he's gentle and humble and listening, but very, very clear on the truth and how the truth fits in the whole tradition, all the traditions of the church. Right, and of course, uh, we'll get a, a good feel for uh, some of that here as uh, the Synod, which has been convened, uh, when that uh, concludes. won't sit and speculate on a lot of stuff at this point in time, but uh, certainly I think we'll very definitely get a feel for uh, what this uh, pontificate is going to be like, don't you think? Well, we definitely, but he's also, it'll come uh, piece by piece, right. you know, and... Uh, He's a very patient man who's been working alongside of Pope John Paul II all these years, and uh, he has a sense of timing, and so every, not everything's going to happen at once. The Synod of Bishops will address what is the next thing that's most important to do, and I'm sure he will give leadership. Well, Father, we want to thank you so much for uh, taking time to uh, be with us and our audience here in uh, the Omaha Council Bluffs area and on the World Wide Web. We appreciate it. And uh, could you leave us with a blessing this morning? I most truly, Lord God, bless this ministry. Bless this network, O Lord God, and all the ways in which they bring forth your truth to serve your people. And may all who are listening and watching this program May they be blessed. The Lord will give you peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so Thank much, you. Father. Bless you. God bless you, and uh, we'll uh, keep you in your health and our prayers as well. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Father. Bye-bye now. Bye.